0: Who needs to step up this week for Arizona State Sun Devils football? And what might Herm Edwards have up his sleeve against the Oklahoma State Cowboys this week? We're here to talk about that and more on this week's Mailbag Edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome back to this week's or not this week well yeah this week's edition of the locked on Sun Devils mailbag episode my name is Richie Bradshaw as always I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils and again thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day we are free and available on all platforms including YouTube if you want to check us out in that visual platform of course wherever you do get your podcast though make sure you hit like and subscribe and also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content if you want to stay in touch with all of our content, make sure that you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sundoubles and stay in touch with everything going on with the podcast all the time. Hopping into today's mailbag. Got six questions. Remember, guys, feel free to leave a comment, whether it's on YouTube or replying to me on Twitter, and leave your questions. Throughout the week, I check those comments and I add them to my mailbag that I answer once a week. Normally it's on Thursdays. This week it got pushed to Friday because my week got pushed back a day. But make sure that you're submitting those questions. I love getting those questions from you guys and being able to answer them every single week. Hopping into this this week's mailbag. Uh, Six questions. We're gonna do two for each segment and pile on through. I organize them in order of just overall ASU questions. And then down to the more important questions going into this week's game. Now, the first one that pops up here that I think is a really fun one is where do I rank this week's uniforms compared to some of the ones that we've seen over the last few years? Now, Arizona State has done an awesome job of pumping out really, really clean looking uniforms. If you guys haven't seen this week's uniforms yet, it's clean white. Uh, uh, what's it called? Maroon numbering, gold outline, and on the helmet, it's Sparky. It's a Sparky helmet, and it looks so good. It's a gold helmet with Sparky. It's just it. It's a clean, clean look. It it looks outstanding. ASU almost never misses when it comes to making their uniforms looking clean and whatnot. Looking at last year though, back when Connor was still on the podcast, me and him went through and ranked the uniforms that we saw from last year. There were some really good ones. I think probably my favorite ones from last year had to be the gold and maroon ones but they had the uh, the Arizona State flag on the shoulder pads. I thought those ones were just out of this world. Obviously, their all white unis are great. Their black unis are outstanding. Going uh, going back a few years and comparing these ones to some of my other favorites you had Those blackout uniforms with the gold lettering and everything from like the early 2010s. Those looked really awesome. Uh, All their blackouts really look great. Any of their maroon jerseys look really good. Their classic throwback jerseys also look good. You know, call me biased if you need to. ASU really doesn't miss that often when it comes to their uniforms. And these ones that are coming out this week are no exception. This sparky helmet is just so good looking. They did an awesome, awesome job with it. If, if you guys haven't seen it, you can check it out on the Twitter page as well. It's on the Locked On Sun Devils Twitter page. I went ahead and posted it on there for you guys to see with a little, uh, like, sweaty emojis, fire emojis, and then, of course, the the Devil and the Pitchfork for the Sun Devils. Make sure you go check it out. It looks awesome. But I, I would put them amongst some of the best uniforms. Well, here, here's the thing is it's a really, really great uniform. It's, it's really just kind of dependent on the helmet standing out for everything else. But man, does that helmet look good? I would put it up there with like that Aztec looking helmet that they had last year that had all the different little outlines for the pitchfork and everything. I think that's, that's a comparable one. These Sparky helmets are just outstanding. I really encourage you guys to go check them out. If you haven't seen them already. Next question here. Where do I rank? Oh, whoops, I, I just did that one. Uh, instant reaction to Emery Jones versus Dayton, Jan- Dayton Daniels. Versus Jaden Daniels. Did ASU upgrade, stay the same or downgrade? So if you're looking at the POC score, Jaden Daniels definitely had the more superior week against superior competition. Jaden Daniels, of course, tossed for, uh, what did he end up doing? 209 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And also ran for like a hundred some odd yards. Let's see, 114 yards with 7.1 yards per carry. And that's with four sacks. So, Jaden was a dynamic runner. He was an effective passer. He completed 74.3% of his passes. He was rock solid. But this is one of those of like, I feel like the box score doesn't tell the whole story of what Jaden Daniels was able to do. Now, to Jaden's credit, He led the LSU Tigers on a 99-yard drive. That should have tied the game, if not for that missed field goal, or uh, PAT. And he looked really good. He looked confident. He was throwing good footballs. He played a clean game. But this is still the same Jaden Daniels that we saw last year, where Jaden is bouncing out of the pocket not even two seconds after the snap, and he's not trusting his instincts or his offensive line, and I, I've seen so many people that are like, well, Elvis, he's offensive line is bad and this, that, and the other. Well, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad because Jaden Daniels is not staying in the pocket. He is immediately looking to roll out and just do his own thing. And that's not feasible. That's not sustainable. That's not how you're going to be a good quarterback. Meanwhile, I look at Emery Jones, who, yeah, his stat line wasn't nearly as impressive. He didn't throw for 200 yards and he didn't rush for 100 yards. But you know what? He also scored two touchdowns and he looks like the far more confident passer than Jaden. And he hung around in the pocket. I think that's one of the most like enticing factors of what we got to see from Emory Jones in his first uh, game, game action for the Sun Devils this year was the fact that he just was not afraid to stand in a pocket, whether it was clean or beginning to collapse kept his eyes downfield, and was throwing strikes. I mean, he was dominating the middle and outside of the field 15 to 20 yards down. I mean, it's not like he was just check down, check down, check down, which is what Jaden Daniels is accustomed to doing. He only had six yards per attempt in his game. And Emery Jones, meanwhile, I believe was like a healthy seven-something. I'm pulling it up right now as I'm talking about it. Uh, no, even better, he was 8.4. So, and obviously, you know, Jaden threw the ball. 35 times Emory threw it 18. But it, again, if you watch the game, if you watch both the games, you can see that Emory trusts his arm a lot more than Jaden does. Jaden trusts his athleticism a lot. And he, he should, he's a, he's a dynamic athlete. You don't rush for a hundred yards and 7.1 yards a pop without not being dynamic. And I mean, take away four of those carries because they count as sacks and it's twelve. it's 12 carries. Now, even if we say he he only loses one yard per sack, he's still right just under 10 yards of carry. He is a dynamic runner. I will never take that away from Jaden, but he doesn't play the quarterbacking position good enough for me, which is one of the reasons why when they brought in Emery Jones, I felt like it wasn't that big of a downgrade, so to speak. Sure, in terms of pro prospects, I guess Jaden is the more... Like, quote unquote polished, but I don't, I don't know. Looking at it after one week, it's obviously way, way too soon to tell. I think this is a question we can revisit every week. Um, But as of right now, I, I feel like you might've stayed the same. I really want to say you upgraded, but Jaden played a very clean game last week. And I would like to see Jaden continue to do this kind of stuff for LSU in uh, 2022 Next week he's got Southern at home, and he's got a three-game home stretch coming up. He got he has Southern coming to LSU. He's got Mississippi State, and he's got New Mexico. He needs to absolutely light it up. The best team of those, obviously, is Mississippi State, which is SEC competition, but they shouldn't be able to outduel Jaden Daniels, I would think. And then Southern, New Mexico are cupcake games, so in theory they should be able to just absolutely crush them. But we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, for Arizona State, Emory Jones has to go to Stillwater this week. That's going to be a tough, tough game. And then he gets a home game against Eastern Michigan. That's great. But then unfortunately, Utah comes to town. So compared to Jaden's stretch of three games, Emery has got a, a lot tougher matchup here. So that'll be an intriguing storyline to watch is whether or not Emory Jones is going to be able to kind of elevate his play compared to the rest of the guys around him. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to pick it up with a few more questions here on our uh, week, I I guess week two edition of the uh, mailbag for the Locked On Sun Devils. But first, a quick word from our friends over at, uh, goodness gracious, that's embarrassing, over at Underdog. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash. Underdog has investment backing from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They have always been focused on building superior products for a fun user experience. Customer support team is top notch, the best in the business. Who should implement their experience with product. It's a great product, guys. I started us- using it this year. It's a ton of fun. And again, it's super, super easy to use. If you use the promo code locked on underdog is going to double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So you deposit a hundred dollars and you get a hundred dollars back. If you go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or Google play, go and use it right now and use that promo code locked on, get in on the pick them action today. And again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember we are free and available on all platforms back into our conversation here, looking at the next set of questions from here on out. It's going to be questions about the OSU game. Next question. What's the minimum number of points the Sun Devils need to score to beat Oklahoma state a lot. They need to score a lot of points. If I had to set an absolute minimum, you've got to cross 30 easily have to cross 30. Because it, in, in a best case scenario, your, your defense is able to get a couple of stops and maybe hold Oklahoma State the field goals and, you know, Lord willing, get some punts. Because this defense is going to be challenged by Spencer Sanders, who's just on an absolute tirade right now for the Cowboys over the last year and a half. He's a very, very good quarterback. And then I look at this defense and the secondary in particular, which just does not have a lot of experience. And it's going to be asking a lot out of Arizona state to be able to stop these guys through the air and hold them under 30 points. I don't think that's going to happen, which is why Arizona state in turn also needs to put up 30. The good news is a very inexperienced defense, similar to Arizona state. They just lost so many guys for them more to eligibility and to the NFL draft rather than ASU, which had both of those plus the transfer portal. Oklahoma State is doing a lot of retooling on defense. And this could play into Arizona State's favor if Emory Jones is able to, you know, kind of grasp the situation and maintain the confident play that he displayed in week one. Emory Jones is a confident passer. He showed that when he was at Florida. He showed that week one. This is a guy who trusts his arm. Now, he, we're just we're going to find out whether or not he can hang in for the big games. You know, he played Alabama very, very close last year but there were also some very frustrating games for Florida that didn't work out in his favor. This is going to be his first huge test of the season for his career so far at Arizona State. If they want to stay in this game, you have to put up at least 30, and you need to find a way to just absolutely slow down the Oklahoma State defense so that you're not forcing yourself into a shootout situation because I don't think ASU is capable of or at least they're not built to win shootouts right now. This is a run-heavy team. This is not a pass-heavy team. This is not a team that can throw 300 yards a week and expect to win. That's not a great situation. Now, they're running for 150 to 200 or more rushing yards a week. That is a much more confident situation where I would give props to the offense being able to move the football. Bottom line, 30 points is where it starts. Next question here, who should – Oklahoma State, fear the most on offense and on defense for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Offense, I feel like the easy answer is Emery Jones because he is the quarterback and he also happens to be a dual threat, but I am going to go with X Valade. Now, Valade ran for well over 100 yards in his first game with the Sun Devils, two touchdowns, three carries over 20 yards. He was dominant, you know, uh, as I've said many a times, call a spade a spade. X Valade looked really, really good. I anticipate that he's going to continue being heavily involved in ASU's offense. I am looking forward to seeing him more in the passing game. He did not have a cash last week and was still able to get, you know, the hundred plus scrimmage yards, which we're all rushing obviously, but I expect validate to be heavily involved in the offense this week. He feels like he can be the focal point of the, of the unit and be able to, Borderline be a bell cow for the team. You know, Arizona State's got a lot of very talented runners. But when I look at Valaday, I feel like I see a guy who could potentially, you know, carry the ball 200, maybe even 250 times. Obviously, don't want that much. But I feel like he's capable of doing it. And honestly, the offense just looked better when he was out there. Defensively, oh, man. uh, I'm actually going to go Nessa Jade Silvera. Just the way that he played in week one, the way he just dominated the line of scrimmage, was able to move so seamlessly and just control lanes. I feel like that's going to be very important against Oklahoma State. You know, we're going to need to find a way to generate a pass rush and finish plays. You know, the pass rush looks solid against NAU. They didn't have any sacks. You're going to have to get some sacks in this game. Like, they're just there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And part of what's going to help them do that is silvera being able to control the line of scrimmage he is just a big powerful guy and i anticipate that he should be able to translate what he did in week one into week two in in a very tough must win game for arizona state i anticipate silvera to be heavily involved on the defensive line i think there's an argument you can make that he's the best player on the defensive line right now at at least based off of the production and the the what do you call it the tape that he was able to put up in week one against nau i really really like silvera i think that he should be able to step up big time for you one more break for us before we answer our final questions and then close out this edition of the locked on sun Devil's podcast mailbag we'll be back in just a moment guys you got to make sure that you are checking out the locked on pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend spencer mclaughlin and other local experts on the Locked On podcast will give you your news on the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Make it your second listen of the day because of course it's free and available on all platforms. Final two questions here. First one, who needs to step up the most for ASU to pull off this upset? That's where I'm throwing Emory Jones' name in here. Emory Jones needs to play some of the best football of his college career. He's got to play flawless. He can't have any turnovers. Yeah, he had that fumble against NAU, but I still don't know if I blame him. I feel like the offensive line kind of got walked into him on that play, but he needs to not turn the ball over and he needs to score multiple touchdowns, hopefully through the air. You know, obviously score touchdowns however you can, but I feel that you need to be able to air it out in this game. Again, like I had mentioned earlier, I don't, that doesn't mean I want to get in a shootout. I do not think Arizona State is built to win shootouts. But they are capable of putting up points, I think. And that's basically what you're going to be betting on in this game is that Arizona State's going to find a way to stay competitive and go go stride for stride with Oklahoma State as long as you don't get away from your strength of running the football. But if you have to, this is where it's going to be on Emory Jones to be a good passer. He's capable of that. I want to see the rest of his weapons step up too. You know, I want to see Messiah Swinson take that next step. He looked great last week. I want to see him take another step forward. You know, Andre Johnson showed up, do it again. I want to see more Brian Thompson. I want to see more Cam Johnson. I want to see more Elijah Badger. I want to see a lot of the offense start to take off for Emory Jones and the passing game Again, Like this doesn't need to be a team that passes 300 yards every single week, but it does need to be a team that can find a way to throw the ball when they need to throw the ball. Right. And they may have to throw the ball this week more than they may be comfortable with doing, but sometimes you just gotta, you gotta pick it up and go with it. Final question here. What can we expect from Herm Edwards this week? And the question is more specific on What does Herm have up his sleeve? Well, remember, I've brought this up many times now. During the press conference last week, Herm Edwards said that the secondary uh, coverages were, quote, very vanilla and that they were more focused on not giving up the big play, the big vertical play. So anticipate that against a very good passing team, that Arizona State's going to have a little more complex coverages. Maybe you have more zone stuff compared to man coverage maybe you're even coming up with more exotic blitz packages to see if you can generate pressure and force spencer sanders into bad decisions so i would anticipate with herm that the defense is going to look you know exotic it's going to look a lot different and they're going to be willing to try more stuff out especially because you know you still have that new that new defense with a brand new defensive coordinator and it's not going to be it's not going to be anything like what we've become used to seeing I believe and I'm excited for that but obviously this is also something that is nerve-wracking because we don't know what to expect out of uh Donnie Henderson's defense I I want to be excited It just so happens that your first game is Oklahoma State, and it's hard to get excited about a defense you know nothing about against one of college football's best offenses. Offensively for Herm Edwards, I feel like we should probably anticipate that this team may be a little more creative in the passing game, but I feel like they're going to stick to their roots on the ground game until they're forced out of it. And hopefully that's not the case because once your strength gets taken away from you, I just don't know how long you can continue to keep up a facade offensively that you can maintain, you know, keeping pace as a non-passing team with a passing team. If you can dictate the pace of this game, there should be no reason that you can't stick to your strengths and control the clock, keep Spencer Sanders and the, Cowboys offense off the field. So with that in mind, if your defense gets a few stops with some different looking coverages, you know, Lord willing, maybe you get some turnovers. That would be nice. You had, you almost had three last week. You had two. One of them was taken away by a penalty. So maybe you get some turnovers and then just pound the rock. Don't, don't overthink this. This is not reinventing the wheel right now just stick to your strengths. If you get forced out of them, the game's over. I just don't know that Arizona state is capable of winning shootouts. So you got to play smart football on defense, whether that's complex, uh, coverages or more creative blitzes offensively. I think you just need to stick to what you're good at. If you do this, there is a chance. Okay. Dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Yes, Arizona State could go to Stillwater and get this win. If you guys want to know more about my opinion on that, you're going to have to tune into tomorrow's edition of the podcast and find out what I have to say as I do my preview for the Arizona State Sun Devils football game. But that is all for this edition of the Mailbag. Thank you guys so much, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out, In that visual platform, wherever you get your podcast, though, hit like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. If you guys want your questions answered on the mailbag, make sure you tweet at me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 or you can tweet at the podcast at LO underscore Sun You can also leave a comment on YouTube. I'm checking those out all the time to make sure that I'm not missing anything. So leave a comment with your question and I will be able to answer it on next week's mailbag. But until next time, you keep it locked right here, unlocked on, on Sunday.